There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, they found the telephone the electricity line. The described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. The February 4th, 1972 disappearance of Yvonne Weber and Maureen Sterling marked the beginning of a decades-long cold case. And, though there are some well-known suspects, their murders, and that of possibly 52 others, remain unsolved. This is the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker Murders. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On February 4, 1972, Maureen Louise Sterling and Yvonne Lisa Weber, both 12 years old and students at the Herbert Slater Middle School in Santa Rosa, were on their way home from a visit to the Redwood Empire Ice Arena. They were last seen hitchhiking, something common for that time period. Their bodies were found on December 28th of that same year down a steep embankment 66 feet off the side of the Franz Valley Road. Their remains, which were already skeletal, offered little information about their deaths. The only clues were orange beads and a gold necklace with a cross. This would be the first of a long history of strange deaths with no conclusion. Between 1972 and 1973, at least seven unsolved homicides involving female hitchhikers occurred in Sonoma County and Santa Rosa. All of these bodies were found nude, with little to no evidence, and are referred to as the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker Murders. The next victim, Kim Wendy Allen, 19, was last seen on March 4, 1972, around 5.30 p.m., hitchhiking to Santa Rosa Junior College, where she was an art student. Her body was found the next day in a creek bed 20 feet off the road. She had her ankles and wrists bound and showed signs that she was raped, and strangled with a cord for about 30 minutes. There was semen discovered at the scene, as well as a single gold hoop earring, but nothing useful could be found. Lori Lee Cursa, 13, was the next to go missing. She was reported missing by her mother on November 11, 1972, after the girl ran away while the pair shopped. She was last seen about 10 days later by her friends, and was known to hitchhike occasionally. Her body was found frozen on December 14th in a ravine about 50 feet off Calistoga Road. Her cause of death was a broken neck with compression and a hemorrhage of the spinal cord. She, unlike the victim before her, had not been raped and was likely killed one to two weeks before her body was discovered. A possible witness saw a girl fitting Lori's description being pushed into a van by two Caucasian men one with an Afro-like hairstyle, between December 3rd and 9th. Next to disappear was Carolyn Nadine Davis, 14, who disappeared on July 15, 1973, after being dropped off at the Garberville Post Office by her grandmother. She was last seen hitchhiking that afternoon. Her body was found on July 31st, three feet from where Maureen and Yvonne were found seven months prior. She died from strychnine poisoning 10 to 14 days before her body was found. The only clue, a witchcraft symbol meaning carrier of spirits, was found near her body. On December 22, 1973, 23-year-old Teresa Diane Smith Walsh 
was last seen at Zuma Beach with plans to hitchhike to Garberville to join her family for Christmas. Her partially submerged, hogtied body was found six days later by kayakers in Mark West Creek. She had been sexually assaulted and strangled to death about one week before her body was found. The last body to be definitively connected to the Santa Rosa hitchhiker murders was found on July 2, 1979. Skeletal remains of a Jane Doe were found off Calistoga Road, about 100 yards from where Lori Cursa was found seven years before. This victim was hogtied, her arm fractured, but with no cause of death determined as she had been dead for approximately three years before her body was found. She was somewhere between 16 to 21 years old, with red hair, brown eyes, and about 5 feet tall. These are just some of the cases that have been linked. In total, between 1970 and 2006, there are 54 unsolved homicides within the jurisdiction. And in 1975, the FBI issued a report stating that 14 unsolved homicides between 1972 and 1974 were all committed by the same perpetrator. Other possible victims are Jeanette Kamahil, who was last seen in a wooden camper driven by a Caucasian man with an afro whose body has never been found, or that of Lisa Smith, 17, and Carrie Ann Graham, 15, who were all last seen hitchhiking and have not been found. These are just some of the many whose cases have gone unsolved. But people are not without their suspects. Many believe a viable suspect is the still unknown Zodiac Killer. In January of 1974, he wrote a letter where he claimed an additional 37 victims with a modus operandi different than that of his previous murders. Another suspect is Arthur Lee Allen, who owned a mobile home in Santa Rosa at the time of the murders. He was fired from Valley Springs Elementary after allegations of child molestation in 1968. However, he was imprisoned for an unrelated molestation case in March of 1975 and remained at a state hospital until 1978. But with that being said... There were chipmunk hairs found at all of the Santa Rosa hitchhiker murders. Arthur had been studying and collecting samples from that species during his college studies. Allen was also a main suspect in the Zodiac case until October of 2002, when he was cleared via DNA. Ted Bundy was also a suspect for a time, before being ruled out due to his timeline of murders, as were the Hillside Stranglers. Regardless, the case remains unsolved. But there is still some hope. The DNA testing used to catch the Golden State Killer has given new life to many old cold cases. And in 2011, the cold storage DNA from some of the hitchhiker cases were sent to CODIS in hopes that this case would finally be solved and these girls could have their deaths answered for. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 5th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, 
easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.